Welcome to the DJ on the JD, the Daily Journal's legal education podcast. I'm your host, Lyle Moran. I write about law schools in the State Bar of California for this newspaper. This semi-regular podcast will examine trends and innovations in the legal academy, which has come under the microscope in recent years. Law schools have been criticized for enrolling less qualified students to fill their ranks amid a declining number of applicants. The American Bar Association has also more aggressively cracked down on schools that fail to comply with accreditation standards. But overall, the news this year for legal education has been more sanguine. Figures recently released by the ABA show a higher percentage of law graduates have been securing jobs after completing their degrees. Law schools have also seen a more than 8% increase in applicants, which is the focus of this first episode. The Law School Admissions Council's data also indicates that the credentials of the applicant pool are stronger. For example, there has been a 29% uptick in applicants with LSAT scores in the 165 to 169 range. Some legal education observers credit the Trump administration's actions for shining a light on the essential role lawyers play in society. I recently spoke with one law school dean and one legal education watchdog to gather their reactions to the spike in applications and see what they think are the likely causes. The Daily Journal's weekly appellate report podcast with Brian Cardell won't be heard this week, but will be back next week. Unlike that program, no minimum continuing legal education credit will be available for this one. Joining me first to talk about the growth in applications and what it means for law schools is Stephen Ferullo, the dean of the University of San Diego School of Law. The private Catholic school in sunny San Diego is accredited by the American Bar Association. Ferullo is outspoken about many legal education matters, including this one. Dean, thanks for speaking with me. Uh, thank you so much. Pleasure to talk with you. Dean, how big an increase in applications has your school seen this cycle? Uh, we're, see- we're seeing about a, a 12% increase uh, in applications this year. And that's after an increase of last year, so a cumulative increase over the last two years, about 15 to 16 percent. What do you think is driving this surge in applications at USD and other schools nationwide? Well, you know, I've come to the conclusion um, uh, after, uh, you know, talking to my admissions people and and in my admissions committee uh, and reviewing some of the applications myself and, and also our campus visits, which today is the third of those visits, um, that it really is what uh, people have referred to in a number of you know uh, journalists and newspapers, including the Wall Street Journal. It really is the Trump effect, or the Trump jump, as some people refer to it. And why do you think Trump and his administration have created this increased interest in the law? Well, you know, you know, again, and I'm I, I'm not trying to be political here or take a stance on any of these issues. But, you know, you look at the very, very strong interest that we're seeing in, in immigration law. I think that a lot of, you know, of the millennial generation are uh, are very much concerned about the administration's policies on immigration. It's not the America they want to live in. Uh, and they've seen the courts stand up, you know, to, to some of the some of the things that the Trump administration has tried to do they've seen they've seen how the, you know the effective role of lawyers um in you know in advocating on behalf of daca uh, uh students and others and so i think that's what's motivating them i also think we, what we know about you know the millennial generation is very very much concerned about in, about environmental issues uh, in another area we're seeing a strong uptick in interest, and again, they're very, very concerned with, with you know, with what uh, what the administration is doing on the environmental side. 
So I think it's the, the values uh, you know, of the of the millennial generation that I think we see this in all the polls that their political views and their views on social issues, social justice issues. So example, so example towards you know LGBTQ rights, they're just at odds with the administration. When we spoke recently, you told me an anecdote about how one of the afternoon seminars on Accepted Students Day was much more popular than the other. Can you share that story? Yeah, you know, a big interesting. So, in the, you know, for, we've been doing these campus visit days for several years, and and one of the last sessions we do in the day after lunch, and sort of an optional session, has been on has been on you know financing law school, okay, um, and that's always had very very large attendance. But we've always for those students who want to stick around, we've also offered some alternate some alternative program. Um, and the alternative program that we set up this year, we you know we ran these these programs side by side, you know fi- you know financing law school and and, and public interest law. Uh, okay, uh, this year the overwhelming interest, each one of the campus visit days has been of the students going to the session on public interest law. Mm-hmm. And in fact, so what we've done today, which is the third visit day, we've we've not put them in competition. We've actually put the uh, the, 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 you know, the public interest law uh, session uh, in advance of a, of a shorter financial, financial assistance uh, program. So I think this is really interesting because, I, and, and, and I was just meeting some of our students this morning. They're, they are so eagerly interested in these issues of, of public interest. Tell me more about your public interest program. This is what's motivating students to come to law school. They're really, they're really just focused on, you know, whether it be a person this morning seemed to be interested, you know, broadly in, you know, in, 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 pub, in public interest. But this is what's really motiv- motivating these people. It's a very strong motivation, and that's what they're giving priority to in terms of thinking about what they want to do and where they might want to go. It's really a, a substantial change. Dean, your school has had a center for public interest law for years. Do you feel you are well positioned to accommodate students with this renewed focus on public interest matters? Yes, absolutely. You know, we, our Center for Public Interest Law goes back over 30 years. In addition to the Center for Public Interest Law, we have a, you know, a nationally active center on, you know, child advocacy, the Child Advocacy Institute. We have the Energy Policy Initiative Center, which is focused on alternative energy, and then of course a really strong, you know, uh, clinical program. And and so we certainly have that capacity. Um, and it's very, it's just very exciting uh, to see such a high level of interest, you know, among coming students. Can you share what your reaction has been after several down years for legal education to see so much enthusiasm for studying the law? Well, I, you know, I, I think you and I have talked about this, Lyle, that, that I'm a business lawyer, um, and I, te- I, I tend to think in, in economic and, and marketing terms. And so I would have expected, coming from that sort of background, that the market – would would be the thing that might that would change you know the downward interest in law schools that we've seen you know uh, going back to about 2010 that that would only recover we'd only see the recovery when we started to see a substantial improvement you know in jobs and in salaries for lawyers well we've not seen that right i mean yes the, the you know uh, employment the employment numbers have improved and it started to be some movement in salary but a lot of that has been a reflection of the fact that the number of people graduating from law schools has gone down if you look at the overall legal market across the country, you know, the, the, the number of jobs that students are getting out of law schools has remained, the total number of jobs has remained relatively flat. So it's not the economic factors that are driving this. So that, that is, a, is a business attorney, you know, and someone who thinks in economic terms, that causes, that causes me some concern. And, and I worry about the market in terms of, you know, the, the jobs that are going to be out there. 
on the other hand, you know, I think it's truly wonderful that what's driving people to come back to law school is, you know, they're coming to law school, not, you know, when there's a lot of interest in law school in the past, a lot of people, law school is just the thing that you do. You know, if you're a political science major or something like that, you don't know what else you might want to do, you're going to go to law school. This group is very different. They clearly see legal education as a means to an end. They see legal education as a means to change society in ways that they think really should be changed or stand up to the things they're seeing in the current administration that, that they don't like. So they're seeing the power. This, this is what I find so exciting you know, as a citizen and, someone, and, you know, and as a lawyer. They see what lawyers can do to change and improve society. And I think that is really excited. So the, their motivation uh, and, their, and their understanding of the value of legal education and the value of understanding the, of, the, of the rule of law in our society is what's motivating them. And I think that is good for all of us. With this enhanced interest in legal education, are you planning to grow the size of your incoming class? No, I don't, I don't think. And, and, and I, we're certainly not going to grow. And I'm not seeing a lot of law schools, and, and I may be wrong, I mean, we're not hearing about law schools basically increasing the sizes of their classes. And, and I think, and certainly that's what I would recommend. I don't think that law schools should get larger until we really do see the continuing, you know, this adjustment to the market that became, becomes and, and, and so significant until we see really much better, um, you know, much, be, much better job numbers across the country. You know, I think what, what, it's an interesting situation. Um, you might see some variation in the side of classes because it becomes harder and harder to predict what your yield is going to be, given how strongly motivated these people are. But, but we certainly don't intend to increase the size of our law school class, nor am I hearing other law schools are moving, moving in that direction. Are you seeing students with improved credentials applying? Yes, I mean, and in fact, that you know, there's been some you know some reports about that. It's interesting that there's been an increase in the number of LSATs in the higher categories. You know, basically above 165. And if you look, the recent report that came through from LSAT, LSAT just confirmed that uh, the increase, the highest increases, are above the 165 mark. And then if you go down, they're lower, they're lower and lower. So it does appear, on that basis, that that we're seeing we're seeing we're seeing not only a larger pool, but also a better pool. It's not just LSATs. We're start, you're starting to see more, you know, more applications um, from better students at more elite schools. It just does seem to be sort of across the board an increased interest. And again, I think that, you know, there people are starting to see again the power and the value of a legal education and what a legal education can do. And, you know, I think, you know, if you look at millennial generation, you know, they're very, very interested. I mean, a lot, you know, being entrepreneur, you know, being entrepreneurial, you know, being interested in change and things like that. And I think that uh, people are now starting to see these students are now starting to see uh, that law, you know, you, you can be entrepreneurial and you can be, you can be a change maker uh, with a law degree. So I think that's bringing, you know, more talented, motivated students to law schools. And that's, that's pretty exciting. Dean, are you hopeful this group of applicants with better credentials will allow you to boost the academic statistics for your first-year class? Uh, sure. Uh, but, you know, what we're also looking to do is see this as an opportunity, you know, to increase diversity. So I think, you know, the great, the, the great thing about having a larger pool um, is, is being able to, to really think about what kind of a mix of students you want in the law school. Um, 
And so, you know, um, certainly you look to, you know, we, we've we've done our best over the last few years to hold, you know, to hold our our quality, um, and we've done that. And you know, because of the importance of things like bar passage, the great thing about having this pool is, you, you know, sure, um, one of the objectives is to improve your, you know, the metrics because. And people are focused on those as far as they, because their impact on the rankings. But we're just as concerned is basically increasing the diversity of our of our, uh, of our student body. Um, the other thing that we're seeing is an increased interest, you know, among among veterans, and so you know, increased opportunities for, for people like that who've served in our military and who are veterans, uh, for non-traditional type students. Because you know that's what the, our, our professional legal professions needs all needs all of those things. This is a great opportunity, I think, to be more selective in every respect as far as you know who are the people we should be bringing into law school to train the next generation of lawyers that our that our community in San Diego and California and our society need. So, how does it feel to have your daughter be among this new wave of applicants? She is just so typical of what we're seeing. And, you know, it's so interesting to read her application because what she talks about in her essay is, you know, my, my mother and my father are both lawyers. Um, you know, they both have enjoyed their careers, but both, both my mother and my father were business lawyers and they were transactional attorneys. Um, that's not what I want to do. I want to go out there and use my, I want to go out there and use my legal education to change society. And so she writes a very, very strong, and she talks about, you know some of the things that she's read about some of the recent decisions in the country that have really that have really affected her and made her realize how important it is to advance legal rights. She's taking a course now um, on basically issues of you know religious liberty versus you know you know uh, you know versus things like you know abortion rights and the issues that are so solid in our society. And and she really feels compelled uh, to get involved in addressing those issues. And so my daughter. Is just so typical of, of what we're seeing in students. Dean, thanks for your time. Always a pleasure. Thanks for your great work. Someone outside of the legal academy who keeps a close eye on law school statistics is Kyle McEntee. Kyle is the executive director of the advocacy group Law School Transparency, which has published comprehensive reports about the state of legal education. The group has criticized law schools for accepting less qualified applicants in recent years. Kyle is a licensed attorney in North Carolina. Kyle, thanks for joining me. Oh, it's good talking to you as always. Kyle, what do you think is driving the 8% increase in law school applications that has been reported? Well, I'd say two things. Uh, the first is that law school applications are down pretty far from the peak where they were several years ago. And so once you've reached towards the bottom, it's a lot easier to to come up. But probably more importantly is the so-called Trump bump, which is to say that there are a lot of people inspired by what they're seeing on TV and in the news, and they want to join the fight or the resistance. That is to say, they view the rule of law as one mechanism to check the abuse of power. And when they observe abuse of power, they, they say, well, how do, I, how do I become one of those people that can be a check on that? And so we see, accordingly, a, a, a small but important increase in the number of people taking the LSAT and applying to law school. What do you think it is precisely about what the Trump administration has done that has led to this bump in applications? Yeah, that's, that's a good question, and I'm not sure how to accurately summarize all that's gone on. 
in the last two years. It's, it's that much, right? Um, so, I mean, part of it is can broadly be described as an attack on the rule of law. And the, the combatants in an attack on the rule of law are the voters when it comes to election time and the lawyers when it comes to protecting again, when it comes to changes with the legislature, whether it's new laws passed or within the executive branch with new regulations or executive orders. And so one primary example that I would think is with the Muslim ban. Uh, there have been a lot of people who have viewed lawyers showing up at the airports to help people figure out what their next steps are and said, that's something that I want to do. I, w- I want to be someone who helps bring people to this country uh, safely and legally. Um, instead of being one of someone, instead of being part of a group that is trying to keep immigrants away. You mentioned the travel ban, which could lead to more student interest in studying immigration law. Are there other areas you think aspiring lawyers will gravitate towards studying? Well, I think over the next year, we're going to see a lot of interest in constitutional law, uh, whether it's the emoluments clause, lawsuits that are uh, moving through the, the system, or questions about impeachment or attorney-client privilege, such as with the uh, recent lawsuits that involved Michael Cohen and the FBI raid on his offices and hotel room and home. In addition to the increased number of applicants, there has also been an uptick in those applying with higher LSAT scores. For example, there has been a 21% increase among applicants with LSAT scores of 160 or higher. What do you make of those numbers? I think the important context here is that students with higher numbers tend to have more opportunities. And so over the last few years, they have voted with their feet and decided against going to law school. The reasons vary, but a lot of it comes down to a question as to whether it's worth the investment of time and money to become a lawyer. And so when we see that group of people increase at such a rate and at a rate higher than the overall applicant pool, what it tells us is that those questions that have persisted for the last few years are being somewhat overcome for this group of people, namely that they are saying it's important to me to at least consider going to law school uh, for all these non-financial reasons. Uh, which I think is an important aspect of becoming a lawyer. It's not just all about the money. We serve the public good, even when we are working in the private sector. Do you think the growth in applications will provide law schools with the opportunity to be more selective in their admissions choices? It absolutely provides them the opportunity. Now, whether they take it is an open question. Uh, I'm hopeful that schools will do that, but they, they face a big choice during this cycle with the first real uptick in the number of people interested in law school. And over the past, when law schools have been facing the declining demand, they've been making some unethical choices uh, because they face that financial pressure. And that financial pressure has not yet been relieved. And it doesn't strike me that the increase is enough to relieve that pressure. And so it's going to, again, be a balance between how many students should an individual school take versus how many will they take, where should is measured by admitting people who have a a chance to succeed uh, on getting through school, passing the bar, and getting a job. Do you feel like there are too many law schools as things stand currently? 
I, I think the number of law schools is irrelevant. I'm more concerned about the headcount at each individual school and whether the markets that they interface with can absorb enough of the graduates that they are graduating. And so, you know, if, if that means that we have another 100 schools, again, I, 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 I don't really care. Um, I, I'm just more concerned about the, the end results for the students and whether we have a, a suitable pipeline of, of students entering our profession so they can do the good work that lawyers do. Kyle, are you concerned there will not be enough legal jobs available when these incoming students graduate? There will be jobs, but will there be enough? I don't know. Uh, the, the trends have been not great. Over the last few years, at least three, maybe four, we've seen a decline in the raw number of legal jobs obtained. Uh, so we've seen the percentage of graduates employed improve every year, but we, but with that raw number coming down, what that tells us is that the legal market remains quite weak and that the, the improved job rates is responsive to the number of people graduating. And so that, that is just a warning sign to, to law schools that they need to be really careful that they don't start over-enrolling again. And that's not to say that they haven't been over-enrolling in the meantime. There are a lot of schools that are still too large and still way too large. Uh, but overall, in the aggregate, law schools have done a better job of, of right-sizing. And this opportunity with more demand, uh, I hope they don't seize it because the job market does not appear to be likely to be able to absorb any increases at all. Kyle, thanks for coming on. Of course. With that, the first episode of The DJ on the JD is complete. Thanks for listening to the newest Daily Journal podcast. Feel free to email me with any feedback or thoughts on the topics discussed at lyle underscore moran at dailyjournal.com. I hope you will tune in again next time. Thank you.